0: With Rants and Raves, you'll be okay. And today is your lucky day. It is Rants and Raves with
1: Gary Hey
0: everyone, this is Gary K, and I have a very special guest today. I'm excited to be joined with uh, Dan Feldstein, and I'm sure you recognize the name, if not the face. Uh, George Feldstein, the founder of Crestron, was his dad. Uh, First off, my condolences many years later, obviously. Your dad was a pioneer in the industry, an icon. I had a chance to work with him uh, and, of course, knew him and and respected him. But, but, you know, welcome to the role of CEO and president of Crestron.
1: Well, thank you, Gary. Appreciate that. And thank you for the kind words about my father. Uh, It's been a while, but he's still uh, always very close by in our hearts.
0: Yeah, and he he obviously had a big impact on the industry. Crestron, in general, has had a big impact on the industry. Um, I've always looked at your category of products as glue products, glue company, kind of a company that pulls everything together and kind of glues the ins and outs together. Um, I'd like to kind of just open up by asking you to tell a little bit about yourself and your background. Where'd you come from? I mean, how long have you been at
1: Crestron and what kind of roles have you been in while you've been there? So... When my father started the company uh, back in 1972, that was, uh, I was just a baby at the time. And uh, he started in the basement. So I was always nearby and around, uh, but but in truth, I can't actually remember a time in history where I crescent wasn't there and, and, and kind of a part of my past and a, and a part of my life, uh, whether it was uh, stopping there after school and and uh, letting some of the engineers be my babysitters while uh, my father had to finish up some things, uh, or whether it was uh, kind of running through the part stock room finding little things to tinker with and, and things to put together, uh, and and every summer job that that's where I was. I was at Crestron, uh, whether it was sweeping the floors or or uh, working on the uh, on the production line. It, it, uh, it I, I've been in, in a lot of different aspects of the business. So I've seen a lot of that. And then then as I got older and, and more capable, uh, I started doing things more on the programming side. So once we had programmable control systems and we had a department of people who would program them and yep. program client jobs, that became my new summer job. Uh, and, and I did that all the way up through uh, when I finished college. And then when I graduated, I came on board full time and I started as a software engineer and I worked on a lot of different projects as a software engineer. I was uh, I worked on Viewport, which a lot of people remember was one of our uh, well-known tools for for interfacing with our our systems. I worked on simple Windows and uh, then a few other uh, ones that most people don't remember. PC Vote and uh, calendar was another one. And, uh, and then possibly our most infamous uh, product line, uh, SchoolNet, which... Some I forgot sort of, about that. Yeah, some mixed uh, memories about SchoolNet. But, uh, but, but yeah, so I, I did a lot of things like that, and then some other custom software projects that we did. Uh, and then I, I got into uh, working on the firmware side as well. So I was involved in the firmware team that worked on the 2-series control processors, uh, specifically more on the logic engine side. And then, uh, then I, I, was, uh, uh, I moved out of engineering then. It was about 2002, at the end of 2002, uh, we were implementing a new computer system, a company-wide computer system. And, and we were kind of researching what we wanted to implement and also trying to understand what were our needs as a business at that time. And we're having trouble finding a balance of who understood the technical side and who knew the business well enough to really kind of bridge the gap and bring it all together. Uh, So I I took that opportunity. I stepped up and and, uh, talked to to my father and said, I I want to leave engineering and help out with this project. And uh, he wasn't sure at first. He wasn't sure if uh, I was the right fit for it. But uh, but he gave me the opportunity and and uh, let me run with it and uh, and it ended up being a great opportunity for me because it gave me the opportunity to really talk to people from every different aspect of the company, uh, whether it was in manufacturing or accounting or order entry, and and a lot of people I already knew and had worked with over the years, uh, but now I understood what their role was and I understood how yeah. it all fit together and I think that was the biggest thing of. You talk about the glue, what we are to the industry. This was the glue of Crestron. How, yeah. do, how do all the pieces behind the scenes fit together and work?
0: I'm assuming you're talking about an ERP system or
1: something like that.
0: You're yes. Implementing? Yeah. Yes.
1: We had, we ended up picking SAP, which. Yeah. I figured uh, you must have. With yeah, company, we,
0: your size. Yeah.
1: Well, the interesting thing, we were much, much smaller back then. And uh, a lot of people that we talked to when we were looking at systems said, ah, oh, that's too big for you. You guys don't want that. But uh as, as you probably know in your history working with with Crestron and especially with my father uh <laughs> he, he always uh he always was a looked, dare uh, he, he, yeah <laughs> right well he always looked ahead and sometimes very far ahead and and in this case he said well that's where we're going so yeah. we want the system that's going to support us where we're going not where we are yeah uh,
0: now you have a, obviously you graduated with an engineering degree um yeah. at RPI do, do you like did you At that time think you were going to be a product engineer kind of like your dad or did you always have an interest in the business the inner workings of the business having you know everything from slept the floor to play with the toys in the engineering department or kind of where did that come from was it sort of a need that dropped into you based on the fact that uh you know i mean obviously your dad's going to trust you at a different level than most other people uh for obvious
1: reasons i mean where that come from so from early on when I saw my father going to work in the morning and I kind of wanted to do what he was doing I think it's every kid you see yeah. your father and you want to do what they do so I always had that sense of oh someday I'll run Crestron uh, and, and it wasn't an entitlement issue it was yeah. it was just it felt natural it felt yeah. like that that's my path this is where I should go so uh, I didn't think about it that much to be honest I got into engineering school and I went through that process And I got out and I was working and, and I was perfectly fine doing that. But, but I think a few years in you start to look at, well, what's my next step? What's my path here? And, and then it's also, well, what is, what is my almost my obligation to Crestron to, to give it everything I have to help Crestron move forward and move on.
0: Interesting way Uh, to look at it. Yeah.
1: And uh, so, so I felt I, I owed it to myself. I owed it to my father and I owed it to Crestron to, sort of step up and make sure that uh, I, I didn't just uh, get lazy and complacent and, and, uh, and settle in just uh, not, not growing as a person and not helping the company to grow.
0: Yeah. And lazy would be interesting because I, I can't imagine your dad keeping you around. if you're. La- By the way, do you have the affinity that he had for airplanes? Do you, are you a pilot as
1: well? Did you ever uh, get into that? you know, I, 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 have some of that desire, but I, I never did it because yeah. quite honestly, the one thing I, I probably know as much about how to fly a plane as anybody who has never taken a lesson, uh, because my father loved talking about flying. Yeah. And, and, and if we weren't talking about Crestron or about new products, we were talking about flying. And he was telling me about, you know, pitch and roll and yaw and all, all those types of things. And, and, your uh, dad told I'm me there. one
0: time, he said, when you get your airplane, Gary, that's what he said to me, when you get your airplane, make sure your pilot's really young and has a lot to lose, because you want someone flying your plane that has kids and has someone to go home to.
1: <laughs> well, and, and that brings me to why, why I'm not a pilot, because <laughs> I, saw, I saw how hard he worked, and I saw everything yeah. he put into being a great pilot, and, yeah. and I realized it, this is one of those things you're either 100% in yeah. or just leave it to the pros. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, getting back to Crestron, um, obviously, I'm, I'm curious because you have an interesting perspective in the industry. You're a glue company. I'm going to kind of ask you a, a tough question. Now, you're a glue company um, and you are also sort of a bellwether for the industry. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people look at Crestron as helping to define the industry, but also define the direction of the industry. Uh 2021, 2020 2021, they're in the past, and they, we all know the history of how hard they were and how everyone had to evolve. I'm curious what you feel about 2022, knowing that we have chip supply issues, we have, um, you know, distribution of product issues, but yet we have all this new technology that's been developed in the meantime that would be easy to get in if we can get the products out to the people. Are you bullish on 2022? Are you conservative? Like, how do you feel like Crestron and the industry is going to do in 2022? Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm definitely very bullish. And okay. and while you say we're the glue, that's definitely at our core being the glue. We, we started life as a control system company. And then we had user interfaces, even before touch panels, we just had button interfaces. Yeah. And you press one button and we would make sure that we would connect 20, 30 different products on the back end to do what you wanted it to do. So that's still always going to be at our core, but it, over the years, we've started to expand into the, uh, thanks to you, quick media, and uh, some more of the audio and video distribution side, and uh, and and into a lot of other areas where we become more than just the behind the scenes clue, we become uh, a lot of the endpoints too, and, and uh, and, and that's going to be even more and more important now going forward. And and one of the reasons I'm so bullish for, for 22 is what we've gone through has fundamentally changed the way that the workplace needs to, to exist and to be. Uh, remote and hybrid uh, work is is an education. It's here to stay. Uh, it, it's Some of it is, is COVID related because we can't get together, but some of it is this is a much more efficient way to work and collaborate, and it's a better work-life balance for a lot of people. So I, I think we're going to have these types of, uh, these types of uh, workplace challenges for a very long time. And we're right at the precipice where companies are really starting to figure out, well, what does that mean? What is that going to look like for the long term? And, and they're starting to build, what does a long-term solution look like? And to some extent we're we're a little bit figuring it out together because we don't have a hundred years of work history to say this works, this doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's really a place where our industry can really kind of take the lead because we know that whatever the solution is, whatever the new workplace will be, it's gonna be technology driven. And And that's what we've been doing for years and years and years. Us o- along with our integrator partners uh, have been going into the, these offices and transforming conference rooms or other workspaces into technology rooms where you can move video around, move audio around, collaborate with other people remotely through video conferencing. So we've been doing this for a long, long time. And now, instead of just doing it for the early adopters or in the you know a few key rooms in, in, a, in a company, now almost every space and every company, is going to have these needs, so it, it's it's really an exciting time for us because we feel we're right at the front of this wave, and and if we especially as an industry can help dictate this is what work needs to look like, this is what the new workplace yeah. is, we get to write that future, we get to help be part of of building what that next uh, wave is, and and uh, of course if we're defining it, we're going to be part of it. Well, so I. I, I agree with
0: you hundred percent, actually, I think our industry is the reason why like if it wasn't for our industry, schools would not have been able to get back open as quickly as they were and they, and uh, and business would not be opening, and certainly retail like digital so I think a lot of people underestimate the value of signage and retail and and the the analytics side of it, which which will lead me to a cloud question a little bit later but but i'm I'm curious like I agree with you now the question is will there be chip shortages that slow down 2022 or do you think that's a bump in the road for 2020? Is that going to define 2022 or is that going to be just like, okay, oh, that's the first quarter and we're done?
1: Yeah. I mean, it will, it, it will exist. It will slow down some of the, the deployment, but it won't slow down the demand. Uh, right. And if anything, it'll allow us uh, as an industry to better start to, it, it, it could have almost been a problem if we had too much uh, yeah. supply because then we've every, would be, uh, would be running around, installing everything everywhere. And then we'd have to figure out, does it work? Now yeah. we're going to have a little natural buffer. As things go in, people are going to say, all right, well, I could only put 10 of the 100 rooms I wanted in. Oh, but you know what? The next 90, I want to do a little bit different. Okay. So I think it's actually a, a nice opportunity to be able to, to throttle this back a little bit so we can do it in a slightly more intelligent way and make sure that we're actually Building out systems, building out rooms that, that our clients really want and really will use but do you think that chip shortages
0: will go beyond the first quarter of 2022
1: probably yes okay. uh, from everything I'm hearing uh, we we have a global problem where we just don't have enough at the at the very base we there's not enough chip wafers on the planet and yep. the demand uh, is w- way above the capacity to make them yeah and, and- and, and they take a year to bring a new factory on.
0: Yeah, and what Samsung's told me is that uh, the where it's affecting them is Wi-Fi. It's it's network connectivity. It's killing their network connectivity, um, uh, kind of like plans. And that's where they're seeing the biggest hit. Um, hmm. Is that where you're seeing the biggest hit? Or are you seeing it across the board? Because you use chips in everything.
1: You don't just use chips in sure. one product line. Right. Yeah. So we're we're seeing it somewhat across the board. The the biggest problem that we're having today and that we've had over the last several months is very inconsistent uh, stability in the supply chain, meaning a company would commit a certain number of chips to us. And then all of a sudden, yeah. we're expecting those to come in and they, they start changing the dates, they start yeah. changing their commitments on us. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's been why this has been such a big problem. And, and that's why what we're trying to do is be as open and honest with our customers as we can give them the best dates we have and, and and let them know hey this is unfortunately subject to change because of information we get is subject to change. Yep. Uh, now what I do think is in the hopefully in the near future, hopefully early 22, we'll have a little more stability in the supply chain so that while we may give you a date which isn't what you want to hear, at least it will be a good yep. date and, and you can plan on it. Yeah. And, and and that's really, I think, how we work together through this and how we can stay bullish is to say, OK, if you have projects coming down the pipe, think about them a little earlier than you normally would have. And let's let's work together on it. Let's schedule it. Let's plan it. And then hopefully we can we can meet some of those dates. Yeah. So
0: let me ask you a question about um, since I don't know you really well, I'm curious. I, I did. You know, I, I think everyone knew Randy because he was a strong personality and your dad was a, very much a thinker. I would sit in, I've been in meetings with him where he wouldn't say a word and then he would say one thing that shifted the entire meeting. So question is, and also he had a very strong opinion. Yeah, so, try, try having that at the dinner table. <laughs> well, I'm quite, I'm curious what your personality is like. What's your management style like? Because because everyone knows what Randy's and, and George's was, but what's,
1: what's Dan's like? Well, uh, so I'm probably a... a somewhat of a, a hybrid of, of all of them because, because I grew up with them and I, and yeah. I learned a lot from them. Uh, th- the other thing is my management style is, is based largely on where is Crestron today. So I can't compare it to anyone else because I'm, I'm here now and it requires a different set of tools, a set, different style from where we are now than from where we were when we were in uh, our basement in, uh, in our old house. Uh, where the management style was uh, go to bed. It's uh faster bedtime. Uh, so I, I, and the other thing that that I have in my advantage is we have an incredible team of people who know their business, who know what they need to do and and uh, are very passionate and supportive about Crestron and about helping move Crestron forward. So a lot of what I feel in my role, my, my job is to really support them, to help them, to give them the resources they need and also to, to help uh, foster an environment of, of collaboration so that we have we don't get stuck in, in an area where people are moving forward in one area, people are moving forward in another area and they don't talk to each other. Yeah. So that's what I'm, I'm driving is to get everybody talking to, to each other. So as we move forward, we move forward as a company. And, and that includes whether that's the residential side, the commercial side, the commercial lighting side, we all need to move forward together because ultimately, even though those are very different market segments, they still complement each other. And we still need to uh, grow grow as one as as we move to the future.
0: Yep. Will you be like Randy was and on the front lines? Or will you be more like your dad was and sort of behind the scenes when it comes to you know the image out there in the industry?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think again that's where i'll be a combination of those things okay uh, my father spent most of his days in engineering driving the product development uh driving the ideas and and and, and uh driving engineering on on a beyond day-to-day probably a hourly or possibly minute-by-minute basis uh so i don't need to do that we have an incredible team of people in engineering now that are driving that so i i work with them very closely to help guide where i want want to see that group going where the vision i have for the company and, and how it all ties together but i don't need to sit in engineering and be on top of them and doing those things uh i i'll be out in front a lot more because uh because somebody has to be uh but uh it, just because i need to show that crestron it, has strong leadership and we're stable and it's important in my role that that people see that that there is somebody at, at the uh, at the helm of the ship and and driving things forward. But we also have an amazing sales team, and they're the primary uh, people that will be out front and working with with our customers. And we have a great marketing team, and they're going to be the people who are going to spread the message uh, of of Crestron. Uh And and a lot of that is because where we are now in in time. No one person can do any of those things. Yeah. Uh, early on, yeah, sure, George could have every idea for every engineering product, yeah. and Randy could be the guy in every interview and talking to every customer. Uh, but you know, 50 years later, thankfully we we've continued on on an incredible growth path, and and it takes it, it takes a team, it takes a large team. So I'm really honored that I have such an amazing team, and I get to sort of lead them and and support them and uh and and really it's together we'll find that balance of where do i spend my time and and, uh and where do i need to be
0: let me ask you about the cloud because one area that crestron has really um has historically been pushing at least in the last uh you know half of the decade meaning last five years has been um the cloud concept and uh you I, i think you were the first company out there with a cloud uh initiative i guess you'd say um you know outside of maybe digital signage, you could argue but but uh where 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 is that now has this been slowed down because of the because of the pandemic or do you and also how do you see this affecting the hardware side of things because as you move more towards Mm -hmm. a cloud there's a lot more soft services opportunities and then Tied to that, how do you convince integrators to sell intangibles versus tangibles? I, I, f- I find that they have a really easy time selling the tangibles, but how could Crestron help them sell the intangibles? Because selling the cloud is selling a service, truly. So I guess it's three questions in one, kind of. Sure. Uh, so, um, wait, what was the question again? Uh, so. <laughs> well, I mean, your
1: cloud. first off, the cloud initiative, is it still uh, yeah. front of mind? Is that
0: still the direction you
1: see Crestron? Uh, 100%. I mean, okay. it, it, it's it's a integral element to what we consider the Crest run ecosystem. Yeah. And in fact, everything, and if anything, will get more and more tied into that, where uh, it it will be at the heart of everything we do. And, and the biggest reason, especially in today's world and where we're going, one of the ways we're going to be able to, uh, and one of the reasons I'm so bullish is because of the scale that we're going to see going forward of AV in, in the workplace there's almost no place that there isn't an opportunity for for technology. Even in the home now, yeah. Well, right. Between the home, the home office is a whole new sector that we haven't truly uh, uh, explored and how that's connected in with your your work office. Uh, So we're talking a completely different scale of technology in the workplace. So you can't manage it the same way we used to in the old days. You can't send a tech out from room to, room to room to room to say, "Oh, is the projector bulb good?" We need to have that information centralized and be able to monitor it, control it, and diagnose it and deploy it uh, in in a central way. So the cloud is going to be essential, I think, for us to meet the the scalability that's going to be necessary to, to move the industry forward. So so for that reason, we are one hundred percent still focused on on the cloud and, and and a lot of the things we can do there, and,
0: and that's you yeah, get the integrators yeah. to sell it, like because I think it's not it's not easy for them to sell an intangible sure. like that. So aren't you going to have to package it or do some massive coaching or something?
1: You, well, we're we're working on all those those things we we try not to let any of that any education slow down technology we always figure let's innovate let's do the best thing we can and then we'll we'll drive the adoption we'll drive the education and and it'll be driven by by solutions we're going to show these are solutions of how we can do a better job for our customers and they're gonna they're gonna come to it because we're we're gonna have to make that message clear and show them how this is a benefit not only to them but also to their customer. And, and that's to the point about deployment. They're going to want to learn about it because when we explain to them how much faster they can deploy a system when they're utilizing some of the tools of the cloud or how they can monitor these systems so they can be proactive and tell their customer, hey, we have a problem over in, in this room. When can we schedule time to come look at it? As opposed to the CEO has a meeting and things don't work and that's how we find out. Uh, so so some of those uh, tools, I think, are going to be compelling enough that, that we'll get their attention. And once we can get their attention and we can, we can show them the value, I, I think it'll kind of be self-explanatory. Uh, but but it, is, it is a process, and it won't happen overnight, and it'll take time to get, get better and better adoption of it. And, and, it, and it's a, a, the onus is on us as well to continue to innovate and develop. Make these tools simpler, make them easier to 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 deploy and implement. and uh, and And we'll find that place where uh, where we get it to a level of maturity where where I think the adoption will will start to kind of build on itself.
0: I, I, it'll be interesting to watch this because I, I do think 2022 could be the year where we actually see a big difference between the beginning of the year and the adoption and understanding of the cloud and the end of the year. So I think that, to me, it seems like that has to be a big initiative uh, for a company like yours. Uh, and it sounds like it's still
1: sure. on your radar and very... Sure. And reasonable. and uh, part of your other question about how it affects the hardware side. Well, first of all, that's how a lot of... Uh, we'll always need hardware because yeah. uh, there's going to be humans in those rooms. And right. and until we have Wi-Fi chips and better than our brains, <laughs> we're going to need to interface with... with a lot of devices and, yeah. and whether it's sound, video, whatever it is. Uh, so some of the power of what's happening in that room may may get pushed to the cloud. Some may not, and and it may be up to to the up to the uh the specific application, the specific user. What's their appetite for doing those types of things? Yeah. Uh, and and I think that's going to be the important thing is that we will offer multiple options. Because ultimately we want to provide a solution that solves our our customers' needs and problems without creating other problems on top of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I my vision for it is I, I see the at-home worker working 90% on the cloud and the person in the office working 50% with cloud. So I see a lot more hardware in the office space than I do in the home. But I, you know, I I don't really know. None of us really know. I think right. that's the part that's got to be figured out. Well, I look forward to talking to you again, especially as we get into some of the new product launches and stuff. Uh, I just wanted to take the opportunity to introduce you to the, to the readers and the viewers of, of rave and our, our, our different properties launch and all the stuff that we do. So anyway, uh, I appreciate you taking the time and I know you're busy, um, as you go into the holidays, uh, congratulations. And maybe this is kind of a good time to reflect. Um, but, uh, I look forward to seeing what you do for 2022 and, and talking to you, you know, hopefully right in and around the ISE time where you should mm-hmm. be launching some new stuff. So I appreciate it, uh, Dan. Thank you very much.
1: All right. Thank you, Gary. Great talking to you. Thank you
0: everyone for watching. This has been a special Rants and raise with uh, Gary Kay and, and Dan Feldstein, who's, uh, who obviously is at the helm as CEO and president of, of Crustron now. So I hope you enjoyed this and everyone have a great day. With and